0: Good morning. Actually, uh, George and I met each other when we both had hair and we were single and we didn't have kids and I sent my kid to this school under your protection and she got engaged, right? So I think I'm saying thank you. (laughs) Let me start here, ready? The church has lost its imagination. If we haven't lost it, maybe um, we just haven't leaned into this extraordinary gift as we could. What do you think, true or false? I have an article from, um, from 1965, way before I was born, and it's from a Toronto paper, it's not even a Christian paper, and the paper, the headline is that, the church has lost its imagination. We've had no imagination before, since before I was born, apparently. We have this, um, this one example, let me, let me try this one on you. How about our corporate worship experience? Sunday morning. In a building. In rows. Where does that idea come from? Is it an Old Testament idea? Is it a New Testament idea? No, it's a 1700 year old idea. Arguably it's a Constantine idea. It's a, it's a contextual ministry idea. Where love him or hate him. He thought about how to legitimize Christianity. And this was his idea. A 1700 year old idea that we still run with. Now. I did not just say that Sunday morning worship is bad. Do not quote me, say the Bishop of the Free Methodist Church in Canada said we have to stop Sunday mornings. It's, it's not good anymore. Didn't say that. What I have said is, though this idea is good and it, we have cherished it and, and it's beautiful, as a matter of fact, is it entirely possible that God would have some more imagination opportunity for us? We've been given this gift and it's been corrupted. You know, the best and the brightest uh, in North America, some of the people that are highest paid are marketing agencies, right? And their job is to have a pulse on our psyches. They're futurists, they're psychologists, they're sociologists. And their job is not just to know us, but to know how to manipulate us to, to buy, right? That's, that's their jobs. Best and the brightest. And their best thinking, in order for us to buy lottery tickets, well, not us, we, we don't do that, right? But for us to buy lottery tickets as a culture, what what are their campaigns generally? Dream, imagine, right? And what are we imagining and what do we dream? Well, fishing is usually on there, right? And bigger homes and vacation and travel. Never have I seen a lottery commercial that said, imagine what $30 million could do to help somebody else. Because when we lie down and use our imaginations is it for what? And I think the opportunity to, to reclaim a sanctified imagination is for real. But sanctified imaginations come out of meditation, out of reflection, out of soaking in scripture, out of being with friends, and that is the stuff of prayer, and that is the stuff of Sabbath. Sabbath is, the, um, is this wonderful gift that would nurture imagination, And I've been asked to to talk about the Sabbath, the discipline, and I love that George used the word rhythm of Sabbath. Let's start with, um, with right in the beginning pages of scripture. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Who's the us? Well, for our purposes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this, this activity that is described on this screen right here, could we properly call this prayer? Was this, was this prayer? Jesus prayed, so that communion was called prayer. Is this in the let us conversation that happened on this day of creation, and obviously before the first day of creation, is this prayer? And if it's called prayer, then we can say this, out of prayer, God created, and the earth began. Prayer is the the framework of all of creation. Not just the starting place, but it's how it was constructed. Let us was the conversation that God had on day one. There was imagination in this prayer. There was planning in this prayer, prayer. And then there was preparation, and then God created Day one is that he created light, right? And, and all the natural laws that were required and all their, its complex relationships. And he put it all into motion. And then the Bible says at the end of that day, he stopped and he evaluated. Now, we have only the written uh, conclusion, right? It says, he says, it is good. But in order for him to have said it was good, he had to have asked the question in the first place, is this good? What is it that I've just done? What have I put into motion here? And so there was this evaluation that went on, this reflection that went on in this stop time, where God stopped and he asked, is it good? And he asked it prayerfully. And then he resolved that it was good, and he must have thought about the next day using his imagination, and he rested, sunset to sunrise. And five out of six days, it was good, right? And then there was that one moment, it was not good, and then it became very good. All in this pattern that I want us to make note of. Here's a pattern, ready? Oh, first of all, on the first day when he was finished, and then he, sunset, sunrise, he began what on the second day? Was it work? Was it create? I don't have too much time, just my daughter has warned me to stay short. So what we have to do is understand, what, what is the nuance here? And is it possible to have work without create? And is it possible to have an heart, a bigger conversation that maybe creativity is another discipline worthy of exploration? For now, I want to I wanna hyphenate the words, okay? Work and create, because I just don't want to lose those. That somehow, in creation story, there was working and there was creation. Now I want us to note the rhythm. That was going on. There was Sabbath. Where creation started. This imagination. Prayerful imagination of God. Where he planned and he thought it through. And then he worked and created. And he stopped. And then he Sabbath. Right? Which means stop. And he had some things that were a part of that Sabbath. And then he worked and created. And stopped. And worked and created Woven into the fabric of creation is this heartbeat of God, this, this pattern that we just have to note at the forefront. And then I want you to note what happened in the non-work-create time. During the Sabbath time, God prayerfully imagined. God thought through what the next day would look like, reflected on what had transpired, and he rested. Sun set, to sunrise. And then final note that we have in that first passage that we just examined, was that Sabbath rhythm was actually not just one day a week where we stopped. The Sabbath rhythm happened daily, stop, and some things happened. And then there was work and create and stop, pattern like this. And then at the end of the week, a full stop. And then God would add other parts to the sabbath other parts to their rhythm and routine as a nation he would add festivals annually right places that they would come together as a nation and stop and remember and then there was what he would offer the uh the creation you know every seventh year the ground would lay fallow, and and then the year of jubilee he he built into the rhythms not just a daily stop not just a weekly stop but annual stops and more in order for us as a culture, as a society, to stop and breathe a rhythm. And all of this is pre-law. This is not just, first of all, a rule, Sabbath. When I hear people talking about Sunday shopping, for instance, I hear them talking about as if it were a rule and we're not under the old rule. As a matter of fact, this is about rhythm, more important to who we are. You and I crave it we long for it actually just like water and and food you long for rest and as a matter of fact you long for imagination but we use it in all kinds of different ways that that is lesser than what it is that you've been having the opportunity to use it for instance entertainment gaming tv movies we enter into someone else's imagination arguably you know and we spend our emotional energy in someone else's story. And maybe in the stop times, maybe, our imaginations would be sanctified, would, would come alive. When you and I mess with this rhythm, what happens? Who do we hurt? Well, first of all, let's be clear. It's God's music, right? This is his musical score. This is his piece. There's work and create and stop, and work and create and stop, and then full stop. And then all kinds of other instruments are included, and it's a beautiful story and a beautiful song. And when we mess with his music, we're hurting him. There's an offense. We're hurting him because he knows that it offends creation. Our overfishing, our overworking, our overmanufacturing. What's it do to our planet? And the Bible says that creation longs, groans for Sabbath. And we hurt ourselves. We're tired, right? We're overworked, we're busy, we're strung tight. As a matter of fact, in the end, we stop imagining because we just don't have time. We don't have the energy. We stop evaluating. You know the old adage? um, Experience, you learn from experience. Experience. True or false? I have a buddy. He's been married twice, divorced twice, entering another relationship. We had this conversation. I said, I, I really think you should sit down and just reflect on what's gone on. He said, ah, come on. I've been, she and I have both been through these kind of things before. We've got this. You know, we've learned. We don't learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience. And that is the stuff of Sabbath, where you stop And you consider what it is that you've done. And we hurt ourselves when we mess with those opportunities. And we hurt each other by not Sabbathing. You know, if you read the Sabbath law in the Ten Commandments, it says you and everyone you have responsibility over, help them to stop. And when we don't, when we don't lean fully into what Sabbath is, then we end up hurting each other. And God says to us, Stop. Stop. Sabbath. Be counter-cultural. Offer something that is new and unique and special into our society. I recently read this book, um, the, um, How God Changes Your Brain. Uh, not a Christian book, but I'm mentioning it because it's really thick and I wanted you guys to know I read it. They, um, they say this, uh, these authors, neuroscientists—one's one's, uh, one's open to spiritual, one is an atheist—they determined that 12 minutes a day over a three-month period will will actually help a person. Neural pathways will be changed. 12 minutes, three months. Imagine if we sabbathed—what our neural pathways would have opportunity to become. And that's just thinking, meditating on whatever a God experience or God or whatever God is to you. That's, that's their finding. We have been offered so much more. Way more than 12 minutes. Only over three months. Okay, let me bring it all together. Therefore I urge you the passage that John, or George read for us. I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy, stop. The only way you and I can ever do this properly, this passage, in view of God's mercy, is Sabbath. How do you consider anything without Sabbath? So Sabbath, in view of God's mercy, Jesus. Offer your bodies, your lifestyles, your daily rhythm, your annual rhythm, your life rhythm to God as living sacrifices, live into that rhythm. Then it says, do not conform any longer to the, what? Rhythm of this world. Map it out for me. What is the rhythm of this world? If you had to write that song or the music sheet that looked like the rhythm of this world, is it a pretty song at all? The way that people live from one vacation to the next, is that a pretty song at all? Or if we had to map it out like an EKG, is it anything pretty about that? No, not at at all. And yet we conform to it. And in the conforming, we stop hearing God. But there's this other opportunity, this God rhythm, this God heartbeat that you and I can lean into, that we can live with fully. Where it's Sabbath. And then we work, create, and Sabbath... And work create. And then at the end of that week. You stop full. And what's a part of that Sabbath? It's a time to stop. And breathe. It's a time to to evaluate. Is it good? Imagine if friendships. Marriages. Career decisions. Were not just. You know. One moment. Once a month type of thing. But Daily and weekly where we were asking these questions on an ongoing basis. And then there's this opportunity to have the sanctified imagination where God has begun to to clean our imaginations and use them for the good. And then we can plan and prepare and then we rest. You were created for eight hours of sleep. Do you know that? Sounds nice, doesn't it? Say that at a businessman's luncheon or a business person's luncheon. Eight hours of sleep and they wear it like a badge of honor. I got three hours. You know, that's about just. Shame on us. Because you're your best person in all the research. When it is you discover what it is to not just rest, but reflect and imagine and dream and imagine if that was happening prayerfully. And I'm assuming that at this stage in your life that your definition of prayer is better than just conversation with God. It's more robust because prayer is richer and deeper and thicker than that, isn't it? I was married uh, 27 years ago, very well. I'm still married, very well, 27 years later. Same person, excellent marriage. But if you had asked the 27-year-old what I had done 27 years ago, I would have said, I've invited Carlene into my life. 25 years ago, I have invited her into my life. 20 years ago, I've invited her into my life. If 27 years later, you ask me, what have you done? And I say the same answer. I've invited her into my life. Are you worried at all about our marriage? You should, right? Why? Because at the same time as I was inviting her into my life, what else was going on? She was inviting me into hers, right? And my life changed. I went from white bread to brown bread. I went from butter to margarine. I went from 2% milk to... I don't even know what this other stuff is. It's watery and it's not not good stuff at all. (laughs) And a lot of other beautiful things have gone on. My character, my person, my goals, my confidence level. My relationship with Jesus. For sure the Bible describes you having an opportunity to invite God into your life. For sure... The Psalms pray that way. And our songs, you know, Jesus come here, Holy Spirit, fill this place. All these pray but that's not the full story. And it's not Christianity two oh one. The fuller story is that us learning that we have been invited into Him. Whose house is bigger? Whose way of life is better? It's in remembering that we've been invited into Him. That we will live into Sabbath, and discover that Sabbath is the stuff of prayer, rich and deep, and it's in that prayerful uh, opportunity that we discover sanctified imaginations, reflection, learning, planning, preparing, and rest, I want to pray that into you as you move into this busy next season of exams, right, and papers, and career decisions, and life Decisions. I pray you be countercultural. Be brave. Because actually, people long for it. And we have so much to step into there. Let me pray for us. Actually, would you stand for the Benedict? We'll do it that way. Father, I thank you for this school. It's meant a lot in my life. I thank you for the students in this room and the teachers and others. I pray for courage. That you would give us courage to step and live fully into your rhythm. In fact, we're sorry. Can we just say sorry, Father, for those times and those places and those ways that we we mess with that rhythm, we dance around it and call it law, and and we have these funny gymnastic arguments with you, theological arguments with you, and we shouldn't. We're sorry. You've given us these gifts to learn, to breathe, to be alive, to imagine, to love fully, to give ourselves fully and, and, and because we mess with rhythm, we, we mess with all these gifts and we're sorry. And so now I pray courage into this group. Give us courage to live fully in this pattern. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Your daily routines, your pattern, your life rhythm. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern or rhythm of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's in this that you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's in Jesus' name we all agree. Amen.